Welcome to the Romanticy Readers Podcast. I'm Allie. And I'm Nicole. And this is your weekly dose of morally gray men, epic love stories, spicy smut, and strong female characters. We talk about all your favorite romanticy books and book boyfriends. All the book boyfriends. <laughs> Giving you our genuine thoughts and reactions theories, and overall vibes while reading the books everyone on Booktop and Bookstagram are talking about. We'll keep you updated on your favorite romanticy authors, all the books you have to add to your TBR pile, and even play a few silly games here and there. But fair warning, if you listen to this podcast, you will have more books to read than you have time for. Oh yeah, you're going to have so many books in your to be read pile. It's a given. Thanks for listening and enjoy. Hello, and welcome back to Romanticy Readers. I'm Allie, and as always, I am with Nicole. How are you today, Nicole? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well, yeah. I'm, um, you know, just really, really pumped to be talking about How's the Flaming Shadow. <laughs> I'm a little sleep-deprived. I'm a little sleep-deprived because I was up late last night. I'm on my second read-through of Present City 3 because, you know, I've got to break this down. I need to have my theories, and I need to be solid so I am rereading and I was up, I'm on the last like hundred pages. So I am, I was up till 1.30 last night till I was like, I've got a podcast tomorrow. Yeah. I need to sleep. Like <laughs> I need to put this down and leave it and I'll come back to it tomorrow. But it's hard. It's very hard. I, I really wish I could do a reread, but I have so many arcs right now. Um, that I really like I cannot pick my own next book for like another month because I have it's it's so exciting I actually really do love getting advanced reader copies um and Mm -hmm. getting to kind of be in the know before other people and I it and and you know I'm really firmly like if I agree to read something I do read it Mm -hmm. um so and I think it's important that I do that before the the release date but I will say like I just, I'm really ready to, and I've read some fantastic books. It's, it's not even that they're bad. They're, they're really, really great. I've found some fantastic arcs. I just, um, you know, you kind of just want to be able to read what you want to read. And I can't. It's I'm hard. Like, it's hard when there's some big books out there. And my to be read pile is already huge at this point. I still haven't finished Carnival. Like I have the finale to finish. Haven't finished that yet. Cause I've been in Crescent City world. I yeah. have, Spark of the Everflame I want to read. I think there's a new Rain. Butcher one. I'm seeing everyone talk about that. Like I've just got my, I can't even consider arcs because I've just got my primary reading that's my focus and I, just not yeah. enough hours in the day for reading. No. And I, um, like I want to read that Kingdom of Wrath series that you recommended. So there's just, yes. there's so much I want to oh read. Oh my God. Yes. Um, I know that's like next, like that's what I want to read next, but I have. And it's um, such a good next read when it's sort of about the princes of hell and obviously from yes, Crescent City exactly, it'll be exactly. a great like follow-on read I, I think that's yeah. a perfect book to follow on with after reading Crescent City for sure mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and I'm and I, I will say the last three books I've read have not been fantasy or like romanticy they've been either more straight fantasy or more like historical fiction or whatever so I just like I'm really itching for a you know, just like a steamy, like really exciting romanticy book. And I probably will not be able to do that for at least like another three. Uh, I have to admit, 
that I really enjoyed. So after I finished Crescent City 3 the first time and I felt pretty disappointed and overwhelmed with the ending, like it was a big read and I was just like staring at a blank wall and I picked up the sequel to Emily Ash and I really enjoyed reading it. I really did because I just needed something lighter. I just, like, it's not light, it's still heavy, but it's just a bit simpler. It's just there is a main male character, there is a female kick-ass character, there is fantasy and wolves and spice and and just everything I want but not quite complex but not too complex just yeah in some ways that's more satisfying you know because it's just like it's like it you can really just get into it you kind of know what to expect and you're not over here just like reeling from all of the information that's being thrown at you um and right there's I love both right like I love that I have SAM books to read I love that I have other romanticy books to read but yeah I'm I'm kind of with you like I'm just like I'm I'm itching for that really just like really yeah, great romance and I guess especially the simplicity sort of in the romance that there's just a clear yeah. main male character a clear yeah. female like or is even in- if there's a little tension you know and I know it's going to take them time to get there like I'm excited to just like read something like that in so. Crescent City 3 I was so confused I'm seeing vibes with Azriel, then she's with Hunt and he's her mate and then we've got Rune and then we've got Darian and everyone's got a romance and everything's going on and I'm getting overwhelmed and I just needed something a little bit simpler and it definitely felt like it almost felt like going on a holiday it was just like oh this is just this is relaxing I can just enjoy it enjoy the spice get in the vibe I don't have to overthink it (laughs) I know I know I need to go on a holiday and I need to just read whatever I want to read (laughs) well guys I have to tell you, I have a really, in my real life, I have a pretty exciting, I'm going to Europe this year. Um, We have, I don't know, I'm going for two and a half months. I'm so excited. This is like. That is so amazing. Oh, this is like eight years in the making. I've had little kids and now they're a little bit older and we're ready. We're like, right, this is the year. We're going to take them over to Europe. So we're, so I'm going to bring Romanticy readers to Europe. I'm going to be podcasting from France, from Spain, from Italy. That's amazing. And the pasta. And I'm so excited. (laughs) You're going to have to like set up like a a background, you know, like in your hotel or wherever you're staying, like with like the beautiful, whatever all the different backgrounds are. And then mine's just going to stay the same every week. And this is going to be my office with my book, which I'm very proud of. I think my, I'm very proud of. I love my office. I feel like I've worked really hard to make it like my space, you know, like it is everything that I love and nothing that my husband loves. But um, I'm still going to be so jealous. <laughs> I, I have, I've like, I've installed one, like floating one, like, look at my books. And it's just like, and then you look at, at um, Ali's there and it's just like, and it's, it looks a lot, sm- it's bigger in real life. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is what I asked for, for my birthday two years ago. I was like, I told my husband, I was like, I do not want any, I don't want you to get me a present. I want to buy shelves and I want you to install them. And I don't want to have to like, do the labor to install them myself I just want you to put them up and then I just get to decorate them with my books um so that was a a birthday present a couple years ago I love it I love it so much anyway I will definitely post yeah definitely we were we were thinking or hoping that this week's episode would be a little bit shorter but here we are almost 10 minutes in and we haven't even started talking about the book yet so (laughs) (laughs) classic romantic style 
Yeah, classic. We're just chatting. Um, but today, we're not quite ready to start diving into our new theories because, again, we're just trying to give people enough time to really read the book, really process it, to be able to kind of engage with those theories with us. So today, we're going to kind of do a debrief on what theories were we right about? What theories were we wrong about? And then maybe a little more chatting, right? Um, because I, you know, we did, we made a lot of predictions. All right. We, and we, we were so right wrong. Some, we were very wrong hey, about some others. I'm like, if I make 10 predictions, nine out of 10 are wrong, but one's right. Like yeah. winning, winning. Yeah. Like that 100%. is gold. You just, it's That's like a prediction. Yeah. So, Nicole, what is the theory that you were right about, that you are, like, most proud and excited of? Do you have one? Oh, well, it was it was hard because, like I said, we had so many theories. And I, oh, I, I, and I found it hard to theorize in Sarah J. Mass world because it's so yeah, much it's more not complex yeah. in some ways. Than and hard to predict what she's going to do, for yeah. sure. Yeah. But I think one that I was pretty proud of was how they were going to communicate in yeah. the Qatar world. I sort of predicted that Reese was going to have some magical contraption, whether it's something that she wore or something that she took that was going to like magic that was going to like allow them to just speak the language to each other. And so then they're there and they're not being able to communicate. And then all of a sudden that like what Amran pulls out this pill and is like, here, take this so we can talk to each other. And it's like, boom. I'm like, yes, I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Um, I I read that and I was like, Nicole was right. She got it. She nailed it. Um, and I told people because a lot of people like really kind of hated that little bean after they read about it in the when the f- first chapter in prologue released. And um, I like told so many people on Instagram, I was like, oh, don't you worry. That bean is coming back. Like SJM would not just have that bean and then move on from it. And I was so wrong about that. <laughs> Never did that. Like, there you go, Bean. You can communicate with each other, and see you later. We answer. We solved that little problem there. I, yeah. I think though, you did speak about maybe in some of our conversations that you think that Bean has a lot more purpose than just being this I kind of communication device. The fact that it lit up what her horn, like what was made yeah. on her back. Mm-hmm. Did you want to talk mm-hmm. a little bit about what you kind of, yeah. well, here we are already jumping into new theories, but what it yeah, might be. Um, I mean, and this one's like not, again, like this isn't fully fleshed out. So I wouldn't, you know, this is just kind of like pre- thoughts. I wouldn't call this hmm. a theory, but you know, I do think it's really interesting that it made her horn light up like yeah. intensely yeah. to the point that it almost like, I mean, she blacked out. Right. And they saw it and they were able to see the language it was written in. Um, you know, which we all we know is like the language of the universe. But I think most people agree that that's probably word marks from Throne of Glass World. But um, I I just I do think I don't really know what it will be, but I do think there's going to be something. Yes. Yes. Something else that that pill does. Like maybe that's how Akatar and Prithian kind of come back together somehow or yeah, like because something there. Exactly. If this we're missing. If this became bigger, if we were actually trying to cross over, mate, like, yeah, okay, you got a couple of people, Ember, you know, and Bryce, yeah, okay, you've got a couple of beans in your bag, that's fine. But if you were talking about a 1,000 people, 10,000 people, that's not going to be as easy. They might need to do something different or on a broader spectrum mm-hmm. in that sense. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. I think there's definitely, as you said, we may see those beans come back. We may find out more about them, how they're created, where they yeah. come from. 
and do they have a greater purpose than just being a great communication device (laughs) just a random magical bean that reese happened to have (laughs) exactly because he always has that he always just keeps his little magical thing of you (laughs) know tricks and he's like oh wait i had this prepared earlier just in the off chance that some intergalactic person came that couldn't speak our language here it is um but I'm very glad that that got solved quite easily. The other thing that I was maybe excited about, well, it's a bit complicated. This is definitely complicated, but you know that I was into Bryson Azrael. But at the same time, I thought it was a ridiculous theory. When I was first reading this book, I thought, this is just a TikTok theory. This is just people have brought it up because that's where she landed. This is crazy. I'm like, I kind of went along with it because I thought, hey, this is going to be really funny for content. Let's just kind of, let's get into Azrael. It'd be fun. Then I started reading those first chapters in part one and all of a sudden there's hand-holding for extended periods of time and there's staring and there's and there's like banter and he's trying to kill her but in the way that mates kind of do and yeah, he's yeah. pulling like her to his chest. Yeah. And I'm, and, like, and I'm just like, holy shit. I'm just like, <laughs> this is like, it's not just like a theory. Like this is like stuff's there's actually happening. Here. This is actually yeah. happening. Then I got a little excited and I went a little bit overboard and I was just like, oh, my God, it's, like, happening. <laughs> kind of forgetting there was this whole other half of the story, like Hunt, still a huge barrier to this kind of theory coming <laughs> true. Yeah. And then I got crazy disappointed and the rest of the book happened and it was happy ever after for Hunt and Bryce and I was just like, why did why did we go on that journey? Why yeah. couldn't have Cassian taken her through the mountains? Like, I now I'm in pain now I'm in yeah. pain so I kind of my I feel like I kind of got a little bit of something but I also got my dreams crushed so yeah. it was a emotional roller coaster this book for me yeah and you have to take a shot and no. it may taste oh. more bitter because you got no. some hope and then that hope was ripped away <laughs> but that shot could also be less bitter because now, you know, we have agreed, right? Because now we, I, I'm on the board that like, we're not ruling this out. So Nicole has to take the shot because of the bet that we had, but I have agreed that if she does end up being correct, then I have to take two shots. So, all right. I'm going to be all Nesta here, Nesta coming out, you know, about to go pointing to the king (laughs) of what's his name, the King of Highburn, saying, I may take this shot now, but just you know that this is doubled now. I, this yeah. is not over for me. I still believe that there is a Bryson Azrael in the future. Yeah. I still believe this can happen. And if it does, you're going to have to do two shots and four chapters of Stephen Hawking. But I will take my shot right now. I will take this knowing that uh, there's still something here. There is still yeah. something here. Yeah. You're going to lose the battle, but win the war. That's right. That's right. Lose the battle today, but win the war in the whole scheme of things. Yeah, He's yeah. hoping anyway. So get excited uh, for that. Um, okay. Uh, I was so, I was freaking out when I turned out to be correct. Kind of. I'm calling it a I'm calling it correct. Of who Hunt's father was. Yes. I, the thing that, you know, like occasionally I will have a theory and I usually have the theory and then I see other people talking about it. Right. Like, cause if I see a theory, I don't necessarily need to record my own version on it. If like everyone has it, but often what happens is like, I have a theory, I post about it. And then other people are also like agreeing with me. 
Yes. No one, no one no. that I saw was saying that Apollyon was Hunt's father. Like yes. no one was saying that. Everyone thought it was like either Thanatos, which was also kind of correct. Um, or they were saying it was like Thur, the god of thunder. Yes. And no one was saying it was Apollyon. And I was right. And I was freaking out you about that. Right. I was right that he's part demon. <laughs> I was right that he, his father was Apollyon. And even though Thanatos was part of the process and he had like a human father as well, I think like in spirit, his true kind of like. Well, he got the lightning from Apollyon, didn't he? Like he yeah, got his lightning exactly. from him. He was kind of the his primary. And then Thanatos just kind of added a little extra <laughs> on the side. Thanatos just kind of like did the science. That's how I think of it. It's like yeah, Thanos yeah. just did the science to make it happen, whereas Apollyon donated his magic. So that's right. Uh, this was insane when I read this, and he's like, "I'm your father," like full on Star Wars. Like yeah. what? what? Hello, son. And I'm just I like, Ellie was that. right. Ellie is going to be so excited, and I'm a few days ahead. Like Ellie is not going to read this for a few more days yet. And I'm like, oh, I have to keep this inside. How do I? How do I not tell her? Anything? There was a moment where, like, I was talking to Nicole about it. And she knew, and I didn't know, and she did so good. She did not give anything away. I was so impressed. It was it was really, really hard. It was really hard. I just didn't want to spoil it for you. I knew how excited you would be. But here I was. I was bloody considering that there might have been a romance between Napoleon and Bryce. Like, I was just like, oh, God. Like, let's just delete that I ever even said that because I'm so far past that space now that I'm just like. Yeah, I know, right? It's so crazy how that, you That never happened. That, that theory never happened. Nope, nope. That's definitely, well, that's thought, just weird now. I was like, I was with you on it. I was like, oh, yeah, totally. You're right about that. And I also thought that Adis and Bryce were going to be together. I was, like, really certain of that. Um, and I was wrong about that too. So. Oh my God. Like now I have um, a completely different opinion on the hell and the princes altogether. So now I cannot think of anything worse than Bryce being somehow connected Polly. to long-term love interests with them. That's just yeah. I'm so far from that place now, but yeah. I'm very glad that you did have a correct answer in Apollyon being Hunt's dad. That was yeah, very, very it was cool. so exciting. So a couple other it. things we were right about. Um, I was right that the Daglin and the Asteria were the same thing. That, I think That's that was, nice. you know, kind of obvious, but it, you know, still, it's exciting to be right about these things. Exactly. We saw Pegasuses. Yes. I don't know, is it Pegasi? I don't oh, know. No, Pegasuses, Pegasi. I'm not sure, but we both were like, said that we would see them and we saw them. I thought that we would see them in Actor World. So actually getting them in Midgard was really exciting. Yes. Yes. And I'm just, and now my brain's kind of exploding and I'm like, so is maybe stuff also happening around the prison? Like, are we going to find out that like the prison, like all the prisoners have escaped or yeah. are there Pegasuses coming out of the prison as well? Now that I obviously like now the earth's coming back to life because Bryce has taken all that starlight back into herself. So it's like, is that maybe how, or why they might need to reconnect in the future? Because shit's going down in Prithian yeah. as well. And they're like, Bryce, help. What have you done? <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. But I know. I, I love think that-, that they're back. I love that they're back. I love that. I I really loved the bonus chapter um, where they, as much as like, again, we've already talked about um, how like we don't love Bryson Hunt, but I did really like that bonus chapter where they're like chatting about like they're, she, she's got to go check on them and, <laughs> and everything. Yeah. And, yes. and, and speaking of the Pegasus, I, you know, <laughs> I'd always 
found it a bit childish that she was always like Bryce was always talking about Jelly Jubilee. I was always just like, this is just weird. Like, why are you so into your like childhood toy? Like, it was just a strange. But now I'm sort of seeing this whole connection and whether there's actually going to be some significant importance to Bryce so. being the star, starlight, starborn queen and the Pegasus. Yeah. Pegasi. Well, and the other thing that's interesting and again i i don't have a fully fleshed theory here i'm not going to spend too much time on this but um you know there are kind of there are winged horses pegasuses as part of the decor as well under helios or helion and i found it very interesting that in a court of silver flames helion was extremely affected by the mask more than anyone else like he felt really really weird around it yes um and that we know that like the mask is made and so i i don't know there's again there's not like a massive i don't have like it's not this is more just like these things are intriguing i feel like i'll have a theory yeah i found it really interesting that bryce felt such a welcoming back when she put the mask Mm -hmm. on with the starlight Mm -hmm. power she speaks about it feeling like that they know each other and they're almost welcoming each other back that there's this knowledge and connection and I, I, again, I haven't fleshed out the why or how that might impact, but I did find that a very interesting point that they seem to have some kind of connection to each other and what the significance of that might be in the future. So yeah, that is interesting. Another thing, I don't know if this was exactly a theory, but I feel like I kind of knew in the background, this was potentially going to happen. And that was Rune killing the Autumn King. Yeah, I don't know if we ever officially called it out as an official theory, but I always thought it was Rune's kill. I always felt like the Autumn King yeah. had done the most bad to to Rune, and so if anyone should kill him, it was Rune with the Star Sword. Yeah, like yeah, better. with the Star Sword. Yeah, and see, it's interesting. Like on the converse of that, I was super wrong. I said that I thought the Autumn King was going to have some good in him and that he was going to know more than we thought and he was going to end up being good. And I was way wrong about that. Yep. <laughs> I was super <laughs> wrong about that. <laughs> That's all right. We win some, we lose some, but this we is the joy of theorizing. You, you know, like those moments that you get it right, just make all the others worth it. And then you just pretend those things never happened. You sort of just bury them and you, you just let it go. Just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the fun is in the process of coming up exactly, with the theory. It's not about exactly. It, right? I mean, I had a whole prediction about page 666 and the importance of Apollyon talking to Bryce in that moment. Well, I do think it was an important moment. I don't think it's had any significant impact anymore right. than just the general story. Um, it, right. You know, and the significance of it being on page 666 or whatever, um, I which I, I do think was intentional. I really do. I'm yeah, sticking by that. Yeah. It just might yeah. just be like a little, oh, surprise, here's an Easter egg. I put it on page 666 and it's the Princes of Hell talking, but it might not be anything more than that. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so, you know, we get them right, we get them wrong sometimes, but the process yeah. is definitely a lot of fun. Ethan becoming prime. Did you anticipate Ethan becoming the prime of the past? I did. I did. Yeah. I don't know if, again, I, I don't know if I talked. Some of these are like, some of them I brought to the podcast, some of them I didn't. It's hard for me to remember exactly if it was like rapid fire or what. But I did anticipate that Ethan would become the prime. I did think that that would happen. Um, 
So yeah, that was exciting. What about you? Did you did you think he was going to be? Playing? I think I I predicted, um, and I think it might have been through one of our conversations that you were like, "Oh, Ethan's totally going to rise back up," and I was like, "Oh, I, of course he's going to! Oh my god, he could become prime!" Yeah. Like you know, it's all yeah. sort of just like it clicked, and. Yeah, so then I was like, I think that this is definitely going to happen. And then I could really see that trajectory. They were sort of at the bottom. He was, you know, he'd been, you know, he was out of the pack. He's a lone wolf. And then having that sort of redem- redemption arc for Ethan yeah. was so awesome and enjoyable to see. Um, yet again, it was something that my first read, I rushed over a lot of that, especially the Sigrid parts. And like, I just, I wanted to be in Akatar world. Yeah. I wanted to be in the primary story. I wasn't very interested, but on my second read, I really enjoyed this journey for Ethan, especially mm-hmm. when it led to him being called the prime by the elder yeah. prime. And then just all that happening. It was awesome. Oh, that whole scene. Yeah. Yeah, and I kind of, I mean, I thought that Sigrid would be more important than she was. I will say, like, I was pretty shocked when she died. Um, And then I was shocked when she came back as a Reaper because I thought she was going to be super significant. She still could be significant, right? Like, she's still out there. She's a Reaper. So, like, she could come back and be important in in a way that we don't anticipate. But I I did think that she would be more important than she yeah, was. Yeah, I feel like her only importance now has been in Ethan himself realizing it that really he needed, yeah. yeah, she needed to do it himself. It that he couldn't rely yeah. on someone else. He couldn't rely on Danica or Sigrid to do it for him that he actually needed to be the prime leader. And mm-hmm. But I agree. I sort of felt like did did was she required to get to that point? Maybe we didn't need her. And I kind of wonder now, is she going to be a villain now that she's the Reaper and she's sucking souls and stuff? Is she sort of going to be the evil Reaper wolf that's going to be a villain? But I don't really know. All I know is that, you know, she's run off now, disappeared, but I'm sure she's still going to have significance, even if yeah. it is as a well, villain. And I could see, I mean, there. I could definitely see a world where, there are a lot of wolves who are unhappy with Ethan, you know, who number one sort of like bought into the Asteri, like bought into like they're bad and also sort of support the Fendir line. And so I wonder if we're going to end up seeing this like split of the pack into kind of like the Ethan side of things and then people following her because she kind of lets them do whatever they want and be evil. And then those two packs really have to you know, come to terms with one another yeah. and maybe there's some some fighting yeah. or something like that. So yeah, like an evil pack and like a good pack. So yeah. that'll Absolutely. be very, very interesting. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I think that's everything we were right about for the most part. Um, I think there's a lot of predictions we made that we aren't necessarily wrong about yet, right? We we haven't really had them confirmed or denied because mm-hmm. I think we were making some like big epic like mass first stuff and we just didn't get a ton of mass first stuff in this book. Um, yes. Let's talk a little bit about some of the places we were very wrong. <laughs> so very wrong about there being any kind of romance with the Princess Elle. We both sort of were like really into that idea at some point and that was very wrong. Yes, exactly. Um, um, yeah, no, definitely no romances there. And I don't think I want there to be any romances anymore. I mean, either. I have a whole new theory now that Princess of Hell may actually be the ultimate villains and so the last thing I want to imagine right now is any romance with these guys. Not that Ada still has me very, very confused. I'm still unsure. As I said, I, I do have a bit of a theory now that the Princess of that Hell are the villains, villains. could be yeah. connected to the Vulg, but I don't know about Adis. Adis is the only one that I'm still not sure about. I feel like there's still some good in him, um, but it's definitely a theory that I still need to break down a whole lot more. But yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. And I've sort of been saying from the beginning for, for a long time that I thought that the princes of hell were Vogue. I still think that. So, you know, I don't know that we have that confirmed or denied yet. Um, but I, I do, I'm even more, I will say I'm even more convinced now that I'm going yes. to be right at their Vogue, but I agree with you. I'm not exactly sure how Ada, Ada fits into that picture. Yeah. yeah. You know, if he's going to end up being on their side or what. Exactly. Um, Another one that I think we definitely got wrong. Uh, this was, maybe this was your theory, but the River Queen. Or a few people had this theory about the River Queen being connected to Nesta's mum. Um, yeah, this is probably yeah. a pretty far off theory anyway. Um, but this definitely no connection there whatsoever at this point. Heard. Yeah, mm. I, I think we can rule that out. Um, <laughs> I I still think that Nesta that Nesta's the Archeron mom could still be alive somewhere. I I don't think that she's the River Queen's daughter. I never um I kind of always thought that was a crazy theory, but I, I just love a crazy theory. So sometimes I just like say it just because it's fun. But um yes, yeah, exactly. I don't I think it's pretty I don't think that that's the case. I don't think we see that. I don't see how that would be possible. The connection. Like I think yeah. you need to I be able to see some real there. connections to say, oh, I can see how the pieces are lining up. I don't feel yeah. like I see any connections there. But if anyone does have any connections and they think it might be coming up in future books please let us know because obviously we're all down for a crazy theory and we would love to explore it more. But yeah, at this point in time, no connection there between Nesta, Nesta's mom and the River Queen. So yeah. Speaking of Nesta, we had a very silly theory, which I don't think we either of us thought would happen, but was just fun to to throw out there, which was that Nesta and Bryce might have a dance off. Um, (laughs) Unfortunately, we did not get a dance off between Bryce and Nesta. (laughs) We did get fighting. Right. We did kind of have them sort of fighting and we Mm -hmm. did, we also had them vibing. Like we had them like back and forthing and being all sassy and awesome and just like this kind of mixture of friendship and enemy at the same time because they didn't know each other. But we also had the music, like the bonus chapter and them listening to the music. That was almost as good to me as a dance off. A dance off. Yeah. Bryce was sharing her music on her phone and, and, you know, Nesta got the chance to listen to classical music, which was what she was really connected to. And then it was Az who was really into like clubbing music, modern music, the Stone Mother song. He was like we, something I got very wrong. Last time we spoke, we were like one of the negatives about Az and Bryce theory is that he would never be okay in Midgard. We were like there is yeah. no way that Az would be all right in Midgard. I do not see him being I comfortable was- he would just want to be back in Akatar where it's safe. Yeah. And I was wrong. I think yeah, he would I love that Midgard. Strongly. I was like, as would freak out with technology. And yep. I was super wrong about that. And I'm yeah. I'm happy to be wrong. I'm happy I that, like, I, I loved just, that as was like vibing to the club music. I love it. It actually really, I felt she started feeling really emotional for as in this. It sort of reminded me how sad and lonely he is at this point in these books that all his friends have found their mates and he has really been so lonely all these years from loving more and her not really returning that to obviously then Elaine. Wynne hasn't even really turned into anything at all. He's felt so lost in love and generally is a very lone wolf and just is very alone in the world. And even though he's a loved part of the family, he still feels a little disconnected. And in probably his Court of Silver Flame, he was almost distant from everyone except for Nestor and Cassian. And 
this just sort of reminded me that actually if anyone in this world was maybe willing to go and have a fresh start, it might actually be as that needs yeah, it. That's kind yeah. of like, I actually need to leave here and go see if I can sort of start fresh somewhere Find else and yeah. I don't know, just have a change or an experience. Um, it was, it was really beautiful. I just, now I just want to see as at a club. I just, I need I, them no, to take I need as in a club scene. Especially like, so when I bad. think of the beginning of Crescent City One and we are sort of come, we're introduced to Bryce and she's going out and she's clubbing and she's dancing to the music and she just is so yeah. free. And now I just see Az doing that. And I'm just yeah. like, and then you expect me not to be into Bryce Reel, like at this point, like seriously, guys, <laughs> like yeah. you had me at music. Mm-hmm. I'm like, and, and sorry, guys, I've got to jump into a really quick SJM thing, right? So SJM, a couple of years ago, she, she did an interview and she spoke about music and how much she loves music. And she said in this interview, beware anyone, any main cat male character that doesn't like music. She said that. That's and really well, good thing to know is as loves music. But one thing that's quite interesting for all the hunt fans out there is that he didn't like music. There is one scene where he's listening to a podcast, which I won't bag him on. Podcasts are awesome. Totally get your hunt. Like it's awesome. <laughs> we but love he podcasts. Was, he was dissing Bryce's music. He was dissing Bryce's music and he said he preferred to listen to podcasts. So while working out, let's just point that out. Like I love podcasts. I listen to podcasts. Obviously I record a podcast. I cannot listen to podcasts while I work out. Some people can, and I'm so happy for them. I have to have music. If I'm going to do cardio, I can listen to a podcast while I'm like lifting weights. If I'm going to do cardio, I got to have a beat. I cannot, I cannot just have somebody talking while I'm trying to like up and puff my way on a treadmill. No, no, Um, I generally have to, I need the music to give me motivation. Otherwise I just don't want to do the exercise at all. (laughs) At all. I, I can like picture this scene so clearly, like this happening where like Asriel, like Bryce is gone. He really misses the club music and he's like trying to like describe it to like Reese and Cassian and then like trying to get like musicians to like recreate it or something. Like, <laughs> he's like, can you imagine how funny that would be? Oh my God, as beatboxing. <laughs> Not that I'm sure he knows how to beatbox. He's just probably tapping his foot and clicking or something and being like, yeah, yeah. kind of sounded like this. And yeah, oh, yeah. I, it would just, I'm, I, the thing I need more than anything else after Crescent City 3 is I just need to know where Az is at at this point. I need to know what happened after Bryce left, took Truth Teller, and then he was left after all these stuff happened in the first part. And I just need to know what happened to Az. Is he okay? Is he coping? How is he like, feeling about losing his favorite dagger? I'm just, his welfare is my primary concern at this point. My primary yeah. concern. We need Az to be okay, guys. We need him to be okay. <laughs> we do. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, like we said, this was a pretty short episode today. Um, we just kind of wanted to go into what we were right about, what we were wrong about. Um, but we promise we have, we have some epic theories coming for you. Um, so do not, if you're feeling like you, you wish we had more theories today, do not fret. We are going to do some deep dives. So thank you so much for listening. Uh, we really appreciate it and, um, just get excited because we're, we're going, we're going deep people. (laughs) We're going deep. And if you've got any particular theories that you really want us to discuss, please let us know. We've got so much. We've got princes of hell. We've got the dragons. We've got Lydia's twins. We've got 
the Akatar 6 and we've got the book that Sarah has spoken about after that, which just for anyone we're kind of hoping is Twilight of the Gods <gasps> and what that yeah. might actually be. But there's so and much. And we like, from five years ago. Like, like seriously, guys. Oh, my God, guys. Yes, here. it's Pinterest from five years ago. Like someone saved it and we got access to it and wow, we will share it with you guys because it is so exciting and I think it gives us a big indication of what is coming, which is Mm -hmm. so exciting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, guys. So anyway, thanks so much for listening. We hope you all have a fantastic weekend up ahead of you and um, rate, review, subscribe, um, tell a friend about our podcast and enjoy. Bye. Hi, Romanticy readers. Since this week's episode is a bit, a little bit shorter than usual, we thought we would give you a bonus. Uh, about halfway through reading CC3, Nicole and I recorded our reactions halfway through the book. Um, that session we didn't feel could be a full-length episode. It's not very organized, um, and it's clear that we're definitely reacting real time in the moment to what we've been reading. Um, but we thought some of our listeners might get a kick out of listening to that. So um, if, you, if you've liked this episode and you want to just be done, that's totally fine. But if you want to hear us halfway through the book before we finish the book, kind of what we're thinking, what we're feeling, um, keep listening um, and enjoy. Hi all, welcome to Romantic Readers Podcast. This is a special emergency edition We are reading Crescent City 3 as we speak, reading House of Flame and Shadow, and we are doing this. We want to share with you our initial reactions, our first conversations about this book, and we wanted to bring this to you. So this is not an episode per se. We may throw this into one of our other episodes. We may do it as a special edition. We don't know at this stage. We're figuring it out as we go. We just knew we needed to record. So tell me, Ali. Okay. So- I have already, I got it, I got my copy a little bit early. I got it a few days early and I have finished this book. Whereas Ali was not, well, I'll let you tell your story. How did you go getting your copy of House and Flame and Shadow? (laughs) So I will say I'm at chapter 45. So I'm about 50% of the way through according to my Kindle. So if anyone's listening, like as long as you've read through chapter 45, you won't get anything spoiled. I have no idea how it ends. I have no idea what's going to happen. <laughs> they are just about to be dropped off at Avalon, um, but they're still on the boat, the Ocean Queen's City boat. So that is where I am. I had a lot of fun getting my copy. On the 29th, I got some secret intel that it was at Walmart a little bit early. Um, And so I was so excited because I thought to myself, oh, this will be great. I will go and I will get the copy. And then that means I won't have to stay up late. I won't have to stay at the midnight release party till midnight. I can just go for fun, but I don't have to stay and stand in line and buy the book. So I like rush to Walmart. I forget to put on real shoes. So I have to go into Walmart (laughs) in real slippers. Yeah, it was very funny. And it was like on the shelf. It was like, I was like, okay, I got this. I even, I texted um, or sent some pictures to Nicole where I had put like milk and cheese in my basket because I was trying to look casual. I didn't want to like beeline straight for the book because somebody was like scoping it out. So I was like, okay, going to get some essentials. I needed the cheese. I needed the milk. This was um, so funny because literally <laughs> I was there in real time. Ali has messaged me and she's like, Nicole, 
I just got this intel. It is at Walmart. I'm I'm driving to Walmart right now to see if I can get myself a copy. And I'm just like, drop everything, go there, keep me updated. And then she's sending me pictures and she's like, I'm buying cheese and milk. And I'm like, who cares? It's like, just go get the book. Go get the book. Before I even know if the book is there, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to go through the dairy aisle and get some cheese and milk. So I go, I get it. I put it in my cart or in my little shopping basket. I'm like, okay, just going to go straight to self-checkout. I don't, I'm, I don't want to like play around with an associate, like noticing this and not giving it to me. So I go to the self-checkout, I'm checking out, I scan the book last and it like has this little thing pop up that's like, you need an associate. Like I came all this way. Um, and so I'm like sitting there waiting, waiting, and it's like taking a long time. This, this like teenage boy, he cannot be older than like 19, maybe even like 17. He comes over. He's like, what, what's wrong? I was like, oh, it's like saying you have to approve it. He's like, what is it? I was like, it's a book. He's like a book. I was like, yeah. Just a book. Um, and he like looks it up. So he like goes and he like manually types it in and it still says it won't scan. He's like, that's really weird. And then um, he goes and he looks it up online, and I'm like, "Shoot, this is this is oh, it." Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna click. He's not meant to sell and yet. And he looks it up online, and he's like, "Yeah, weird." It's he's like, "Okay, well, it says it's 22, 22.38. So then he just manually keys in twenty two thirty eight. Have the book, and I was like, <laughs> "Run, <laughs> run out of this door right now!" Before he realizes he should not have done this. Straight out, and I was like, "I got it." <laughs> I'm just there and I'm just like she's she's like I'm stuck at the checkout like it's coming up with an error and I'm just like okay get your story ready you have a dying <laughs> grandmother you're about to travel like you have to have this copy <laughs> like get your story ready start telling them off that it was sitting on the shelf and they should just sell it but luckily you had a nice 19 year old you know it was sales very assistant about there. The uh, the illegal merchandise. He was. <laughs> he was no, six hours early. You got your copy. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I I'm in um an Instagram group and nobody in the group. I mean, this is where I got the intel was from my like Utah Instagrammers friends and um they were like somebody else had posted a similar thing and she got all these hateful comments online like that's illegal. You're gonna get sued and we were all just like <laughs> laughing so hard. We were like. I'm sorry, but nobody's going to sue us for, like, getting our book literally six hours before midnight. Like, come on. Exactly. So many people paid for our early. copies. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, at this point, I own about three copies. Like, she's not missing yeah. out on, on, our, on our hard-earned dollars to buy this book. So I think it's perfectly fine. Well, and what's crazy is that so I go to the midnight release party thinking, okay, I'll just stay for like an hour and then I'll go home and read. And then I was having so much fun that I stayed till midnight. And then I was like, well, I do need the Barnes and Noble edition. So I bought it too. (laughs) (laughs) That party looked so fun. That was like, I'm so envious because, you know, they had like drinks named after the characters. They had people dressed up as the characters in games. Like my experience of buying the book on the 30th of January was really, really depressing. I got to my local bookstore here in Australia. It was empty. I was the only person lined up. The store just had empty shelves, which I think is actually where the book was meant to go, but there was no streamers, no 
posters, nothing to make it feel special. It was just mm. like all I could see was some boxes in the distance, which I was still super excited about. As I said, there were more people lined up to get their hair cut a few doors up because <laughs> school's going back. So there was about 15 people lined up for haircuts, but no one lined up to get a copy of Crescent City. And this was coming out like eight hours before it was getting released in the US. So, yeah. you know, this should be exciting stuff. It was only once the doors opened, about two girls then rocked up and I've just looked at them and I'm like, you're here for the same thing. And they're like, oh my God, yes. And then they're just like, what have you read up to? And it's like, well, I'm a bookstagrammer. I'm like, so, you know, I've just read, you know, Court of Silver Flame and all the Crescent Cities. And yeah, but we had, <laughs> I just like absorbed that five, 10 minutes of conversation while I picked up my copy. But yeah, that was about as exciting as it got. So your midnight release party looked way more exciting than what I got here. It was super fun. Um, there was bracelet making. There was trivia. Um, I, I won a bookmark for answering okay. trivia questions, which was nice. It was a very pretty bookmark. Uh, there was a costume contest and there was some craft, but I never made it around to the craft. Um, <laughs> I was just having fun, you know, talking to people. And I, I gave out, um, I made bookmarks for this podcast and I handed them out. Um, and so I'm hoping that there's more listeners now from that. Um, but yeah, it was super fun. I stayed up late and then I got home around 1230. Thankfully I was number 19 in line to buy my book. And, um, because the, the, you got your kind of place in line based on when you had pre-ordered your copy. And I had done that super early. So I was, didn't have to stay too, too late. And then I came home and then I immediately bought it on my Kindle as well, because as I've said many times on this podcast, I don't actually read books on the hard copies. That's just like too heavy. You know, that book is thick. It's going to be like fall asleep. It's going to be like, no, I'm doing it right though. I'm I'm here with my copy. I'm, you know, I've got about three bookmarks in it from all my different areas that I'm saving. Yeah. I've got like two copies back behind me, but this is, my trusty Kindle. Where <laughs> all the reading? Um, but yeah, I read. I read like maybe the, like seven chapters the night of, and then um, normally I would just like inhale this book. But I've had a busy work week, and I was supposed to, I I had taken the thirtieth off, and then um, some things came up at work, and so I was asked to sort of go ahead and work. So oh, I am behind, but that's maybe good because we can actually do reactions as opposed to. Me just like inhaling it all at once. <laughs> I know. And then being sleep deprived because you yeah. haven't slept in like 48 hours, yeah. which is basically no, what I, I did when I read this. I've got all up. these reaction videos from when I read this and I went a little bit crazy, crazy <laughs> over some prize reel theories. And I look back now and I'm just like, God, I was really crazy and sleep deprived. Like, <laughs> now I'm just like, oh, okay, am I really going to share this or not with like the Bookstagram community? But anyway, I'm just going to put it out there because maybe other people felt the same way. But I have calmed down since then, guys. I'm not quite yeah. as in my crazy space, but we all go through that and it's exciting and fun. But uh, we're here now and we can excited but calmly talk about everything that's been happening so I don't know how calm I'll be but you'll be calm <laughs> I'll do my yeah. best <laughs> yeah I mean I'll get excited of course I will I but, uh, okay so you out. have to tell me yeah. the last time we caught up we had just talked about chapter one and the prologue because that was all yeah. that been released yeah. now all right give it to me what do you think so oh, far yeah. I'm like where do I even begin there's so much Okay, there's like immediately some things that I was like, wow, we were super wrong. We both were like so sure that Hunt was going to have like memory loss. 
Yeah. Um, doesn't. So that's interesting. Mark- I'm actually really grateful. I really, really don't like that in books. Um, yeah. It just, I don't know. I'm just like, just, I'm just, just like, they remember each other, you know? You know it, it causes drama and then you're just waiting for them to get their memories back. And yes. I mean, it's not that way because of the way it sort of ended. And I think in that moment, he was getting the crown. He kind of talked about losing his memory or something. I oh, know because it was something that made us yeah, think at that time. Nothing at all. That's what it was. Yeah, That's the lie. Yes. But I agree with you. I'm glad. Look, there's plenty enough going on in this book and going on for Hunt. We really don't need that yeah. in addition to everything no, else. So no, I'm do, happy with we that do. as well. Happy that that wasn't accurate. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm... <laughs> I'm like, where's that word? Words. You're never words. without words. I know. I'm like, I'm speechless. I was so just in love with the chapters where Bryce is in Akatar, the Prithian. Yes. I wish yes. we had gotten more of that. No. You know, I think a lot of readers, we'll probably talk this about this in like a more formal episode, but I'm sure a lot of readers are maybe feeling a little like disappointed you know, I think we all sort of expected or built up in our minds that it was going to be like a whole book in Akatar world, but it actually, it doesn't make sense that it's not right. I think that the good news is, you know, if somebody has only read Crescent City, I don't feel like they have to have read like Thro- Throne of Glass and Akatar to be able to like continue this series and appreciate it. Yeah. And so yeah. that is good. And it makes sense. It makes sense. Like commercially it makes sense you know for the story but it was just like a little bit of a disappointment but what we did get in Akatar was so much I I agree I I think I can completely understand why we needed to go back to Midgard and why there was so much story that needed to happen in Midgard but for me as an Akatar lover when I would have to say that I just want to spend all my time in Akatar world even though Hunt and Rune are there being tortured I could have quite happily just been like, okay, you guys like just like sort that out in that <laughs> land, okay, because we're just going to be here and like let's just let like Bryce just figure everything out here in Akatar world and, and you guys sort it out of there and then you can reconnect at the very end. But yes. I can understand why that maybe didn't work for this story and I guess it opens up things for the future story. But for yeah, me, yeah, I adored the first like what was it, like 25 chapters part one. Part one, yeah. For me, I was like, this is a six star book. Like, like, I, like that's like my epitome, just having all these characters come together, almost like an Avengers kind of multi universe. Mm-hmm. It was everything I could possibly want. And I was in heaven, like going through that. But then once it left, it kind of really kind of slipped down for me. It was a bit like, oh, okay, I've got to try and come back now and be okay with us just being in Midgard. And I'm yeah. not okay with that now because now I've had a taste of this and I don't want yeah, this. Right, I've had right. this. Like, <laughs> totally. That's totally how I felt. Um, the, like, the thing that I was most excited for, I do feel I got the, I got the payoff that I wanted, which mm-hmm. is Bryce and Nesta. I just like, I wanted them yes. to just like go at each other, but then also sort of like come to an understanding. Cause I knew that they would end up liking each other. And I feel like we got some amazing, like, Bryce and Nesta sassy together moments oh, and it was yeah. so um and it seems I obviously I haven't finished the book I don't know what's going to happen I'm only about halfway through but it does it seems like you know Bryce is not going back to Akatar in this book um and she has potentially made some enemies <laughs> of Nesta oh my gosh Azrael, um, I, so that might be interesting in the future maybe in this book maybe in future books I don't know but um 
I just love for more sassiness yeah. between them. I loved Nesta so much in this book. She has just matured so much as a character. We've just seen her now. She is calm. She's caring. She's empathetic. She's tough. She's not flying off the handle. We're just seeing a different side to her. And I just, I loved everything. And the interactions between her and Bryce, there was that sassiness. There was like a, there you can totally see they go. They could become best friends, right? You can totally see that they actually could click really, really well. But at this point in time, Bryce doesn't know if they're people she can trust or not. She's kind of backstabbing them half the time. They're kind of blindsiding her as well. I know there's been a lot of, I've already seen a lot of people discussing they're pretty frustrated with Bryce in this book at this stage just because of what she's done to Azrael and and Nesta Mm -hmm. and, you know, with the worm and everything like that. She's really kind of blindsided them a few times. And But I guess we have to understand from her perspective as well, she's trying to save Rune and Hunt and she does not know these guys like we know them. She doesn't know right. them the way that we do. Right. So she's coming I at really it. I really wonder how people who, because I do think there will be readers who read CC3 without reading the rest of this the series. And so yeah. I wonder how those people will feel about it. They'll probably feel like, oh, that's totally Bryce. You know, like that's what she does. Yeah. She's not nothing. Um, I cannot believe that Bryce took Truth Teller from Azriel. I'm so sad for him. <laughs> I know, and and it's like it's reunited, but I didn't want it to happen by stealing from him. I mean, I have a lot of thoughts here. I have a lot of thoughts here. That sword is like everything to him. It like broke my. It literally broke my heart. I was so sad for him. I know, I know. And like, and not just that she took it from him, but she just like she she pried it with her power from him. Like she overpowered him to take it. Like, not like she just, like, grabbed it from his back and ran off with it. Like, she basically overpowered him and made it like she deserved it more than he does, which I think would have broken him in a certain way, given that he feels like it's his dagger. And that was, and that was so, it was hard to be okay with Bryce at that point. Like, to be like, okay, I know where she's coming from and I know she needs them and she needs to take them to Midgard because she's just had a conversation. She's been like, hey, guys, look, this is what's going on in Midgard. We're really trustable. Like, you know, like you just want them to sometimes communicate with each other and just be like, mm-hmm. look, you know what? Like, we can give them a vouch. Like, resand, Nesta, <laughs> as they're all good. Like, you're all right to be trusting of these guys. It's like, tell them the truth. And I'm sure they'll just let you borrow it. Even better, as can go with you. And he can just help yeah. you, like, sort yeah. the hysteria out. But it's, yeah, it was pretty heartbreaking. And then there was the whole, like, the hysteria that was underneath the prison. And that was creepy. Oh, there are so many theories here. But actually, first, I'm going to keep it light, right? I just want to talk about when we're talking about Nesta and interactions because you obviously had the bonus chapter from Walmart, which I finally got to read a couple of days ago. I have not read it yet. So I have not read it. The way that I really like to do bonus chapters is I don't read them in chronological order. I read the book as it is, and then I go read the bonus chapters. So I know that the bonus chapter exists, and I know that it's about the phone. Um, and it's oh, like, I can't talk about it. it so I'm not there, unfortunately. But I will say I just loved the scene where they're like talking about what the phone is. Like, it's just so funny to me. And it was exactly what I thought. Like, Azrael is like, totally just like, 
what is this? And Nesta's like, oh, cool. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. And they're like, why can I see like an image in the, in the phone of someone? Like, how does this work? And yeah. then she's there and just like us, she's like, I don't know how it works. It just works. <laughs> and they're just like, so you have this machine and you actually don't know how it's built or how it actually does what it does. And she's like, no, it just works. And that is, I couldn't tell you more than that. And I was like, I love that. I love that. Exactly. It was so good. Was so good. But okay. We have to tell talk about, the about you know, <laughs> I need to know your reaction to Bryce Real, to Bryce and Azriel, the interactions. What are your thoughts? I mean, you don't even have to, you don't have to sugarcoat it for me. I can take it. I'm a big girl. What did you think? So here's what I want to know as a first step. How long has this like Bryce Azriel mates theory been out in the world? Because I really only came around to it, like, or discovered it just like a couple of weeks ago. So for me, like I could see this being like SJM if it's been around for like a long time I could see this being SJM just trying to like bait her readers and give them like you know like a little something to keep them going or something but if it's if not either way either way it's I think it's significant I think that like Azrael could not keep his hands off of her like there are multiple times where he's clutching her he holds her hand in that throne or in that like prison in the prison um in the ballroom i guess which is crazy to me and it's not like he's holding nesta's hand at that moment right like i could may maybe see it if he's like okay hold both of our hands but he's not the other thing that's significant to me is when cassian and nesta go into the prison like cassian is like hold my hand the whole way actually you know what when reese and favor go into the prison they're like hold my hand the whole way so yeah. That it's is a really, really common mate thing. It's like a common mate's thing that you hold hands when you're in that scary prison. So I don't know that like this means I have to take a shot, but I do think that it's it's definitely on the table, and I'm feeling more like convinced that it could happen. I still don't like it, but I'm feeling like it could I'm in, happen. I'm in pain. Now look, the reality <laughs> is I wasn't I only heard about this theory a couple of weeks ago. Like I had never, it had never crossed my mind. I'd read the end of House and Sky and Breath. It had never occurred to me that anything could happen between Az and Bryce. You asked me a month ago, I would have said you're crazy. But then it came out on TikTok. And I do think it is quite interesting that we know that Portugal edition dropped and it was around that time, correct me if I'm wrong, that I feel like this came up. So I'm wondering whether people had had a chance to read this and that is where mm. this kind of came from. But then I do think there are some people that had the theory from reading House of Sky and Breath and reading that last okay. chapter and thinking why did she end up landing right where Azriel was, right where Truth Teller is. There's obviously a whole lot of theories about Starlight mm -hmm. and Shadow and the Dust Court. I just, for me, I just, I say, the more I thought about it, the more things just kept clicking. And it's just, you know, think about it. Starlight and lightning, yeah, that doesn't really match. Starlight and shadow, like that's a lot more exciting. Yeah. That's a lot more. Well, and it's just caught. There's also in like when uh, Celine, Selena, Celine, the daughter, yeah. Celine, thank you. When Celine is sort of talking about the power, she's sort of saying like the true starborn power, the true dusk power is 
this like combination of starlight and shadows. Um, And when Bryce is in the, in her father, the Autumn King's office, right before she escapes, you know, she sort of pulls her power and it is both starlight and shadows. So I do think that there's, there's clearly something there, right? Like something around there being starlight, there being shadows. Um, So yeah, I, I think that it is, I think that like the groundwork has been laid like that. It, it is a, at this point, like prior to <laughs> reading House of Flame and Shadow, I was like, this doesn't make any sense to me. Like there's mm-hmm. nothing in the book, right? There was nothing in the books that, that made me think that that could happen. But now there's definitely things in the books. Like I. Exactly. And, and look, and I was the same. I jumped on this theory really just to have some fun on here and make some <laughs> dares. And, and in truth, yeah. I was totally like, I'm going to be taking this shot because this is so not going to happen. Like, I was like, this is so far-fetched. And then I start reading it. And can you imagine my shock when all these little yeah. new endos are happening? Yeah. I'm just like, what, what is going on? Like I was not expecting yeah. this. And then, but then my brain is, is like, I'm in pain. Cause then I'm just like, but she's mates with Hunt. But, and she keeps talking about Hunt. She's like, oh, I have to get back to my mate. I keep talking about my mate. And I'm, and I'm also thinking about poor Az. And I'm like, think about how Az must be feeling at this point. He's, imagine, I mean, okay, hopefully first of all, he doesn't actually know what's going on. He just wants to kill her. He can't stop touching her. Yeah. You know, he's got these weird emotions, but he's not processing them. That's quite possible. But let's say he's realizing, hell, I'm clicking with this girl. Like this is like a mate's kind of click. How would he feel? She's there saying, I've got a mate back in Midgard and I can't wait to get back to yeah. him and rescue him. He'd be there thinking, okay, I'm clicking with you, but you've got a mate. Like, what do I do? What's here? Yeah. Right. It's like, it's like the stuff with Elaine all over again is what it is. Oh it's like, my God. he's like connected to someone and they have a mate and they're like, it's, it's heartbreaking. It's it like heartbreaking as if Az hasn't had enough. I know. I'm so worried. I don't know that we've ever talked about this on the pod, but I am so worried that Azrael is going to turn evil because so much bad stuff has happened to him. I think he'll get redeemed, but I'm just like so worried that he's going to have some kind of like, bad streak or something um I don't know I just be worried I I feel more the opposite I'm wondering what's gonna happen with Hunt like and I I won't say anything else because you haven't finished the book yet and we like I won't say we won't go into these theories till you're all done but I think that I don't know. I'm really reading a lot in that Thea when Celine is talking about everything and uh, yeah, I've, I've definitely got a few theories I really want to jump into around, I don't know, what the future books might look like and what maybe yeah. the future villains might look like. And I think there's like so much potentially there. But yes. one thing I've been really researching has been this whole Thea, Helena, Celine. I'm right. I'm in my reread right now and I'm deep in this part of part one which is so good you you just just had to let it like wash over me I was like I don't even know oh yeah first time that was all I could do it was all I could do and right now I'm just there and then I'm going back and then I'm going back again but okay because some people some of the things they've been coming out with when I've kind of brought up about Bryzrilla they said maybe they're actually related um I don't think they're related um, because I mean, I think the relation is from Resand and, and Bryce, obviously what we definitely know there is. Right. Celine Thayer's, looks like her sister. Yeah. Yeah. They has had really Celine and Helena. Yeah. Helena has gone to Midgard. 
Celine has stayed in Akatar world and then she's married the Night King and then they've had their children and Resand is descended from them. And obviously yeah. Bryce is, and Rune are descended from Helene. Now let's try and not mix them up. Um, <laughs> so, And what's interesting is, you know, Bryce feels so bad about the history, right, about how horrible this mm-hmm. history ends up being. But it's Resand's history as well, which is going to be Really, really interesting. interesting. But there is yeah. a really interesting line in this about so the king of Prithian, the first king and only king of Prithian, they talk about that the dagger belonged to one of his closest friends. Belonged to one of his closest friends before Ooh. he took it. So yeah. I'm wondering if that is where the connection is to Azriel, that he is a descendant of that friend. I think that friend died, but it doesn't specify whether they'd had children before they passed away. So that's my theory. That would make a lot of sense. Yeah, that would make a ton of sense. I like that a lot. That can help, that can obviously hold the truth teller. Because I don't think the truth teller can be wielded by anyone. Um, mm-hmm. It would make sense that it has to be someone that's somewhat re- that, you know, can hold it, is somewhat related, but not necessarily a, a direct blood descendant because I don't, right. you know, and Azriel's Illyrian, he's obviously not of the high fey line. He has to be something different. But yes, no, I think that makes a ton of sense. And it is Azriel's mom that's Illyrian, right? I think so. I haven't gone and done my research on that recently. <laughs> I think it's both Illyrian. Are they? Is, she, is he full Illyrian or is he half? I mean, Rhysand's half. Maybe he's not. We need to look this up because <laughs> you know the other thing we know about Azrael is he he's a bastard um, mm-hmm. as well. His mm-hmm. father had an affair. This is what I. This is all I remember is that his father had an affair, and then his mom died or something, and so his his father kept him, but they kept him like locked away. Um, and he yeah. has like half and so I'm wondering, I'm, I'm really curious if, cause he like, it's not like you can like lock someone away in like a dungeon in an Illyrian camp. And so it makes oh, me think that like your father must not have been Illyrian and was some kind of noble. And so then I'm asking like, okay, what court is that? Is that the night court? Is it a different court? Um, it would we make a lot of sense yeah. work. But yeah, it just that all becomes really interesting. It does. And we don't if he's somehow descended from that line of friends. Definitely. We don't have a lot of Az's history. He's always been yeah. a dark horse in the background mm-hmm. and he hasn't been explored yet, which is why I'm so excited for the next book that is definitely Akatar. Sarah J. Mass has confirmed yeah. she's writing the next Akatar book. It's gotta be Az's book. It just has to be. It'd be interesting to know whether it comes from Azza's perspective because I don't think we've had an Akatar written from directly just from the male perspective. It's normally always been the women with maybe a bit of Cassian thrown in or have we? We haven't had one that's been just like completely. No, I mean, I do think Cass and Nesta are pretty 50-50 in their POVs and Silver Flames. Yeah, yeah. Um, Maybe like 60-40 but pretty close but nothing where it's just male. It's. In fact, Cassian was like really the first time we even got more than like one or two chapters that are from the male yeah. perspective. Yes. So yes. I know. Um, right. Interesting. So okay. So so how did you react to that whole scene where they end up in the prison, like they've gone through the caves and they're getting bombarded with all that information? 
I was just like, I mean, it was like every moment there was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. I mean, my poor husband, I was reading it at literally like midnight and I was just like yelling aloud, like there's this, there's this, there's this. I still feel like, I mean, it's so interesting. Like I did not, I did not expect for Thea to be like kind of bad, you know? And like, I feel like there has to be more to that story because of the connection to Adis and and everything. So that was really interesting to me, but like I was not expecting her to be bad. Um I was so not expecting like it totally makes sense that like this like lost daughter went back to the Akatar world that that is not something that I was expecting. Mm-hmm. Um so that was really interesting and just like seeing how they all connect, but then like also seeing that like the f- and I don't really have a theory on this yet. At some point, we're going to have to do a podcast where I like, we like explain everything that was said. And then, you know, and then I break it down like, piece by piece. <laughs> it's so, so here's what's interesting to me. We can, we think, we think that Throne of Glass, Akatar, and um, Crescent City are right. all happening at the same time, right? There's not like, there's not one of them that's in the past, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty sure Sarah J. Mass confirmed that, but that also gets really confirmed in Kingdom of Ash when Aelin kind of shoots over <laughs> Starfall, basically, in season yeah. one. So they're all kind of happening at the same time, um, mm-hmm. which means that the 15,000 years ago was 15,000 years ago for all of them. For everyone. Yes. For everyone. And I thought that it was really interesting that at the same time that the Prithian Fae got to Midgard, the Asteri brought another group of Fae that all shifted, which is exactly what the Throne of Glass Fae are. Yes. So at the same time, 15,000 years ago, they they brought the Fae over, mm-hmm. which means that in the time of, of Midgard, um, the Vulgar plaguing the Throne of Glass. So I'm just like, because I had this whole theory that, like, the Vogue or, like, the Prince of Hell. I'm like, who are the Vogue? How do they fit into all of this? <laughs> well, it definitely, now my mind's a little bit thrown with they are not being so good. It's made me start to question the Princes of Hell and say, are they the good guys that we think they are? What if, what if they're bad? What if they're worse than the Asteri? Like, what well, if? And there's, I don't know if this gets answered in this book, um, but there's a scene where... Where does this happen? I can't remember. Oh, I guess like somebody, I literally, I can't remember. My brain is like, so I'm so <laughs> just at this point. <laughs> There's something where somebody is telling somebody that, like, guys, <laughs> like, there's somebody telling somebody. We clearly yeah, yeah. reacted to that podcast. We did not prepare for this. Somebody is telling somebody that, like, Bryce went to go get help from the Prince of Hell and that they're going to help and it's going to be really good. And then that person is like, oh, well, you're just going to trade, like, one evil for another. Ooh. Oh, I remember the queen of the ocean says that. The ocean queen oh, says that yes. to Bryce. Because Bryce is saying, like, will you fight with us? And the ocean queen is like, no. And Bryce is like, well, hell's armies are going to fight with us. They've, like, promised they would help. Yeah. Well, if you think they're good. Something, and I think I can talk about this where you're at in the book, but, like, as they're going through the cave system and they're looking at all that art that's on the cave walls and it's got all the sort of happy world at the top 
and then it's got the underworld and it's got all this yeah. evilness and it really resembles what it speaks about. It sounds like hell. And it keeps and they keep they keeps talking about the evil below, the evil below, that there's always evil lurking below. Now, yes, that yeah. could be the hysteria that's underneath the ground, but what if there's more to it? Yeah. What if right. there's more? Like right. it's, I think there's there's some very interesting stuff there. And then you have to throw into the mix hunt has been made by the princes of hell that uh, like that whole scene I mean obviously we had already kind of talked about that where I was like oh yeah they said that he was bred but then when when Apollyon and Ada say that even more and when they say like this is not like the first time that you've had this you Mm -hmm. know like the black crown this makes me think that hunt is like really old and he's just gone through like cycles yeah something with the princes of hell and it's I'm like I really hope I get to find that out and there was the whole um Bryce was looking at the walls on the cave and there was all like the stars and the galaxies and just talking about the like Orion and the different stars I'm like well okay Orion's there your whole Orion theory still in the mix we have to wait and see one thing and it'll be good for you to keep reading and, and figure out if this gets covered at the end of Crescent City but when Hunt is initially getting tortured and Apollyon comes to him and he says, at, he, like he kind of commends Hunt for not breaking and he said, we're preparing you for what, you're, for what you were built to do. And I've kind of come away and I'm like, okay, so did that end up happening at the end of this book? Did this end up, did he end up doing what he needed to do or is that still an open thing? So Keep an eye out because I'm still obviously rereading as well to find out if that did kind of, if they kind of say, oh, yeah, we did it to defeat the Asteri. But I'm pretty sure it got done to, I don't know, for something that still hasn't been answered yet. So we have mm. to wait and see yeah. what's going to happen there. Because we know for sure there will be a fourth book um, and it will be The House of Many Waters. I think this is the other house. Yeah, well, it's interesting because um, it was meant to only be a trilogy, but – Mm-hmm. Sarah J Mass has confirmed that they'll put that like next book's Akatar, but then Crescent City's not done yet, not done by a long yeah. shot. So yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah. I know. I'm just like, there's, there's. I mean, like, I, I'm sure I will have so many theories, but right now I'm just kind of like reeling, like <laughs> thinking about it. Like, you know, I'm also feeling like there could be something with As also being like a prince connected to hell somehow yeah well, um, because of the shadows and the fact that apollyon and adis both hide in shadows i found that really interesting um oh we haven't even talked about jessica where are you up to? i'm like i'm careful not to say stuff until you say it like just in case i know i know, I know. <laughs> i'm sure it's hard to remember exactly like what happened where but we found out that jessica is really old which we both said yes. we were like she's super old we thought she was some kind of like different kind of Amarin something yeah but she's not she was a human yeah. um which explains why she like likes Bryce why she's like s- sort of good right like why she hates the Assyria why she kind of like is saving them and got she good motivations was- good motivations behind her yeah yeah she was touched by Apollyon's magic and not only was it Apollyon's magic but it was Apollyon's like supercharged magic after he consumed Sirius the Asteri so does she have some kind of Asteri in her does she have like some hell in her like she clearly has some interesting magic going on and I'm excited to learn more about that and I want to know who Hunt's father is that she knew best um 
because I'm feeling at this moment, like my theory that Hunt's father is a polygon, that could be true. I'm feeling like there's still hope for that, but we'll see. <laughs> fun times, fun times. So what, you're halfway through, so you got plenty more book to go. I have so much book to go. Yeah, it's I'm so, so excited. Exciting. No, I love Jessica in this book. I feel like we're getting so much more of her backstory and finding out who she is because she's always been this mm-hmm. kind of dark horse that seems to know what's going on and is all over stuff yeah. and magic and stuff. But we can't tell if she, I don't think we think she's evil, but we don't know her motivations, why she's doing what right. she's doing, why right. she sort of seems to be helping Bryce half the time threatening us to turn her into a toad, like all that sort of thing. But she she seems to be trying to support everyone to grow and develop. And I've loved sort of what she's been doing with Ethan and sort of supporting him. There's the whole Viper mm-hmm. Queen getting Ethan to kill Sigrid. Yeah, like, I did not see that coming at all. In fact, as soon as it happened, I was like, wait, what? I had to go back and reread and be like, she's actually dead? Like, what the heck? Yep. You know, I thought this was going to be so important. And it's like, not. Grown- <laughs> A spanner in the works. And then this is happening in like you're jumping chapter to chapter. So you're going to that and then you're back with like Bryce and yeah. as the Nestor. So it's really hard to concentrate on those little moments when for me, I just I kept wanting to jump back into Akatar world. So to try and stop and concentrate on what was unfolding there, it definitely, definitely was unexpected. And I'm still trying to yeah. understand some of the Viper Queen's motivations around yeah. why she would choose to do that. Well, and what I found was really weird is she said that if Ethan had a fight, everyone would be be free to go, including Therian. But Mm. then she's, like, telling the Ocean Queen that, like, Therian belongs to her and she, like, he needs to be returned. And I'm like, but she said he was free to go. So that, like, I don't get that. That's really interesting. Um, I am sure that, like, Therian's story and all of the like ocean queen or the river queen that all clearly has to play a huge part in the fourth book yeah yeah um so we may not get all those answers but there's got mm-hmm. that's probably going to be like the main kind of povs for that yeah. book I bet. yeah all right i want to talk about one more thing which is around okay. rune and lydia now i've had a really interesting theory about lydia and i don't know if you have put this connection together but i heard this today and i went oh my god so there is a theory that lydia is descended from Throne of Glass from mm-hmm. Brennan. And that's the whole, so she's actually connected to Aelin. Yeah. Um, obviously without knowing it, but I'd never heard that before. And I was just like, oh my God. And yeah. talking about word marks and oh, there's, I just need these two worlds to come together so, so badly. Yeah. But what did you think of Lydia's helping Rune and Hunt escape the Asteri? It was so badass. I just like loved it. I love that like, you know, she like orchestrated this huge thing that like the rebels had not been able to pull off, you know, she's like in a moment where they're like, they're on you, they'll be there in 10 minutes. And she just like quickly makes a decision is like, I'm just going to like go up this trail. You guys are going to jump into the boat. Like she like makes all those split second decisions. I thought that was so badass. I was like loving it. I'm so happy that she survived. I was like heartbroken that she didn't. I was nearly in tears when she was like trying to escape. I was like, that was so yeah. I really felt for Lydia because everyone's sort of hating her and you know she's that ultimate undercover you know 
spy for someone, having everyone hate you because they think you're bad, but really your motivations are actually good, even though you're having to do so many horrible things. It's such a tragic story. And we're just seeing that through Lydia, seeing what that yeah. would feel like. And yeah. I know. And like the way that Rune, you know, like when Rune is finally kind of processing that Lydia is hurt and he's like, the last thing I said to her is like, you're dead to me. And he's like freaking out about it. It's like so heartbreaking. And then she's like, wakes up and fine. And then they like, won't look at each other. And I'm like, what? Seriously? Going on the <laughs> Just let all that go. <laughs> let go. You saved him. Like, you guys, you just let this go. Oh my God. Um, but I do think that it definitely makes sense to me that she would be uh, descended from Aelin's line because the shifters we know are, I think it's like 99% at this point, <laughs> sure that the shifters, any shifter comes from the throne of glass world. Um, and, you know, she talks about her sons who we've yes. now kind of met. I just met. Yes. Um, yeah. And like mentions like, you know, fire in their eyes or something like that. And so while we haven't seen her have firepower or her sons have firepower yet, some of the language is really indicating that to me, which again, makes me think of Aelin and Amazing. Brennan and that line. So I think oh there's God. definitely something to that theory. So much more in that. And then, and then, so you've had Bryce come back to Midgard and oh, that also was like such a moment. I'm sorry. I like, I'm so glad that you're like prompting me for things because I feel like. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know where you're at. And I'm just like, I'm trying to keep this like organized. Yeah. For some degree. <laughs> I am so unorganized. But like, it's crazy that she came back and she went to the Autumn King. And in classic Bryce fashion, we don't know. We as like readers don't know what she's planning. And so yeah. I was a little annoyed that she was like, Oh, ha, ha, ha. I, I planned to trick the Autumn King all along. And mm -hmm. it's like, I don't know. I wish we'd got a little indication of that, but it is what I it know, is. It's, it's hard right. to read. It's hard to read yeah, sometimes. To read. Um, but the fact that like she's back in the world, they don't know that she's there. They're like planning this like major escape heist while she's in the world and doesn't know that it's happening. I was just like freaking out. And then for her to show up in the moment that she did, where she winnows or teleports onto the boat right as the river, river or the ocean queen is trying to like beat down Therian. And she's just like, well, if you give him back, you're going to have another queen mad. And she calls herself a queen, which I'm like, I hope that gets more explored. I hope that's not just like dropped yeah. and then we never talk about it again. Mm -hmm. um, it's just so classic Bryce and so badass. And I just like, I love it. <laughs> I uh -huh. love when Bryce does badass stuff like that. So good. So good. Yeah. No, I love it. Yeah. I think it was, well, I was sort of frustrated that she came back and then it just kind of came on this massive pause after this epic thing that she was yeah, just yeah. in the house with the Autumn King, which was really hard to read until she sort of finally escaped and then we're able to get more into the story again. But um, it, yeah, it's certainly been interesting to see, I guess, her, just how bad the Autumn King is and that he would even do that to his daughter. And still yeah. trying to understand some of his motivations around that, which I think is mainly just to control her, similar to what he's done to Rune. Yeah. But I think I said in a previous episode that I thought that he was good, like that he would turn out to like not be as, like to have bad, evil. like to not, to have the right intentions, but just like taking the wrong actions for those intentions. Mm. And I'm not sure I think that anymore. I think that he is just a yeah. bad person. Yeah. And it'll be interesting whether 
that's kind of looking at the type of fae that ended up in Midgard that, you know, because it was Helena and then Peleus is the other one. And I'm wondering whether Peleus, who he ended up sort of, was is he the main fae of like the Avalon phase? Or- well, they say that in addition to the Dusk Court, another group, another court of fae came with mm. them that had firepower. Yeah. Um, so Celine says that. So that has to be the Autumn Court group. Yes. And yes. that would make sense why the name is the Autumn King, right? Mm. They must have come from the Autumn Court and they had firepower. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like he may have like had I mean clearly there was some kind of like inter you know like marriage and stuff maybe between the Avalon Fae which seemed to be the like starborn kind of dust court Fae and then the other Fae Valbaran Fae the Valbaran Fae who um, are from the autumn court and have like firepower but, like, obviously we got Rune, who has, like, Starborn power. So there's some kind of intermingling. But I do think that he's descended from the Autumn. Yeah. The yeah. Autumn Court in the Prithian oh. world. Oh, there's so much more expo- exciting we, stuff to explore. We're going to talk for, like, 20 minutes. And exactly. now it's almost a full exam. Exactly. <laughs> so I think we're going to leave it there. We're going to let Ali keep reading. And we'll keep catching up to keep getting these thoughts. I'm sure by, I'm sure you're going to read the rest of it now. And the next time we'll catch up will be when you finished it. But yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I can't wait to share this with you guys. Please share your comments and thoughts and theories yourself. Do you agree with us? Have you gotten different ideas and theories from these parts of the books? We can't wait to hear from you guys and we'll chat to you soon. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Romantic Readers podcast. If you liked this episode, please rate, review and subscribe so you never miss an episode. And to help more readers like you find our podcast. And don't forget to follow us on our Instagrams, Book Loveaholic, Alley Cats and Books, and Romanticy Readers Podcast for even more content on your favorite books. As always, reach out to us on Instagram with your questions, theory ideas, podcast recommendations, or just general gushing about your fave books. And you might even be featured here. Thanks again for listening. Bye. Bye.